Wherever you are, I want you to bow down your head as we pray. Ever blessed God in heaven above, you have laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will vanish away like smoke. They will grow old like a garment. But you have said that your salvation will be forever and your righteousness will not be abolished. Tonight, as your word goes forth, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, let your salvation sweep across this nation. Let a wind of revival blow upon the nation that many may turn from the power of Satan to God, even through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. In whose name I pray. Amen. Now, as I said early on, the Lord has sent me here to tell you that you are appointed for greater works. This is the message tonight. Appointed for greater works. And we shall flip the pages of our Holy Bible to the Gospel of Mark chapter 3 verse 14 and then 15. Mark chapter 3 verse 14 and 15. And um, I read from the New King James Version. Mark 3, 14 and then 15. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Again, I read Mark chapter 3, verse 14 to 15. Open up your heart and your mind to the word of the Lord. Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have the power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Now if I were to ask you tonight, why do you think that Jesus called you to his salvation? You will probably tell me that it is because he wants to bless you. To give you a good job, a wonderful family, to settle your debt, and to make your dreams come through. Um, of a truth, it is partly so. It is true that God calls us into his blessing in Christ Jesus. Because we know that outside of Christ, there is no true blessing. Those who are outside of Christ can work tirelessly to make money and own properties. And yet, they can not buy one thing with all the money that they would have been able to heap up. And that one thing is the soul. They can buy all the expensive things, own the mansions, own the cars, get people to work for them as slaves. But their soul is the only valuable property which their money cannot 
redeem or purchase. They cannot negotiate with God over their damnable souls. They cannot give to God cities or pounds or dollars for God to reserve a seat for them in heaven. Of course not. Their money shall indeed perish with them, except they repent and come into the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand, beloved, tonight, that it is true that it is only in Christ Jesus that we have true imperishable blessing, incorruptible blessing, because the blessing of the Lord that secures us in our earthly journey not only supplies to us our temporal needs on earth, the blessing of the Lord also prepare a place for us in heaven. That is, it is a complete blessing that we receive in Christ, not only on earth, but also in heaven. But I want to bring this to mind. That even though it is true that the ultimate blessings are only in Christ Jesus, both on earth and hereafter, yet God has called us for a bigger purpose. We are not, if I may say, we are not matured yet in Christ. If all we crave for as Christians is what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear in a mansion to sleep in. When Jesus rose from the dead and revealed himself to the disciples, three times he asked Peter, Lovest thou me, Simon Peter? In other words, do you love me, Simon Peter, son of Jonah? Then upon this, Jesus showed him the road to maturity. When you study John chapter 21 verse 18. So the Lord Jesus said to Peter, If you are young, if you are a child, you would work whatever you want. You would walk wherever you wish to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will clothe you and carry you where you do not wish. Now this intimates that maturity in Christ is not self-assertive. Now what I mean by self-assertive is that it is not about leaving your dreams. Maturity in Christ Jesus, maturity in the Christian walk, it is not about leaving your own dreams but what jesus wanted peter to understand is that maturity in christ to say that you love the lord jesus means that you are leaving the vision of the lord jesus christ 
It is about leaving the vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the scripture that we just read in Mark chapter 3 verse 14 and 15 simplifies this vision into three. And it is to let us understand that our mission as Christians is to leave these three areas of our calling while we are on earth. This is what I call true fulfillment. And these three areas, according to Mark chapter 3, 14, 15, Mark chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, these three areas are simplified in this manner. One, according to the words of the Lord Jesus, we are appointed to know him. The second is that a Christian is appointed to preach him. And the third, that a Christian is appointed for signs and wonders. Now these three areas are the areas of our calling as Christians. This is to leave the vision of the Lord Jesus. This is true fulfillment in Christianity. As a matter of fact, I call this the, 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 the core mission. Of Christianity, maturity in Christianity, appointed to know Him, appointed to preach Him, appointed for signs and wonders. Now I would begin from the first in that order, appointed to know Him. Now when we read that this particular scripture, Mark chapter three, verse fourteen, it says that and the Lord Jesus appointed the twelve. That they might be with him. That they might be with him. That means that Jesus ordained the disciples. The 12 disciples. Who were to be mentors of all future Christians. First of all. That they might be with him. Now I like to ask questions when I am studying the scriptures. Because when I ask questions. I wait on the Holy Spirit to educate my ignorance concerning a particular subject. And while I was pondering about what it means to be with the Lord, that the Lord said that he appointed them just so they would be with him, I got the understanding by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that Jesus appointing the twelve to be with him was for the purpose, for the purpose of revealing himself to them. Now understand that the disciples were appointed for a divine assignment. And the success of this assignment depends on this one thing, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so the Lord Jesus appointed the twelve to be with him. For the sole purpose of knowing who he is. Of knowing his person. That they might have a revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now there are two kinds of knowledge. There is what we call the sense knowledge. And what we call the revelation knowledge. 
Now the sense knowledge is to know Jesus. Now I want to kind of um, define it in the context of the church. There are two categories of people in the church. There are those who are operating in the sense knowledge and those who are operating in the revelation knowledge. What I mean by sense knowledge is that there are those in the church, there are some categories of people in the church. They know Jesus according to the flesh. And there is this other category. They know Jesus according to revelation. They know him by a supernatural encounter. Now, when the disciples were first appointed, they knew Jesus according to the flesh. Now, it is also to tell you that Christianity is a pursuit. You must grow in the knowledge of Christ. You must persistently seek, desire to know the person of Jesus Christ. All the while Jesus was walking with the disciples, he was teaching them the mysteries of the kingdom. He was teaching them the principles of Christianity. He was working in their midst miracles. Yet when the Lord Jesus asked them this one main question, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Because they only had a sense knowledge of him. Because they knew him according to the flesh. They said, well, some say that you are John the Baptist. Others say that you are Elijah. And others, Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. Then Jesus rephrased the question. According to Matthew chapter 16 verse 15. He directed the person to them. And said to them, but who do you say I am? Suddenly, everyone was silent. Had they not been with the Lord Jesus? Did they not witness those notable miracles? Why were they suddenly dumb when Christ directed a question to them? I perceive that this teaches us one thing as Christians. That Christianity is beyond the realm of the sense knowledge. Christianity is birthed by revelation knowledge. Knowing who Jesus is. As, not as one historian who just came to the world one time and died. But as the resurrected son of God. Who is alive to you today. Who is reigning in power and in majesty. Remember that in that scripture, Peter caught the revelation and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus said to him, This revelation knowledge, I have paraphrased, is not by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. You see, Jesus appointed the twelve. First and foremost, that they would know his person, who he is. 
Because the, the whole mystery of our journey as Christians, the whole mystery of the gospel is rooted in this one thing, the revelation of Christ Jesus. And that is what the Lord Jesus wanted his disciples to get. If they would ever preach in power and in the Holy Ghost, the first requirement was for them to come to the place of revelation. I have come to understand that a dead religion is to know Christ based on what someone else has told you. A dead religion is to know Christ based on the testimony of others. Because the disciples said, well, some are saying that you are Jeremiah. Others are saying that you are Isaiah, John the Baptist, one of the prophets. But Jesus rephrased the question. But who do you say I am? And I believe that there is someone listening to my voice tonight. That the Lord is asking the same question. You have probably heard most preachers preaching about the name of Jesus. You have probably read the scriptures. And have come to know that there was this man who came into the world. In one time and died for sinners. And according to the scriptures, when he died, he rose again. That is the biblical account which is infallible. But have you the revelation? Have you that revelation knowledge? So that Jesus is real to you. So that as you read the scriptures, it is not just by letters. But rather by a revelation which is of the Holy Spirit. Have you come to the place where you have come to know Jesus as the living, resurrected Lord of, God, of Lords? The Lord of glory, who is reigning in power and in majesty. Is he visible to you? Has your eyes of a, your understanding been opened to know him who was raised from the dead? And who is the ever-living Son of God? I believe that that is the same question that the Lord is asking you tonight. In John chapter 14 verse 9. Jesus said to Philip. Have I been with you so long? And yet you have not known me. Christian men and women who have transformed nations. Who have transformed people. Who impacted their generations for God. Are those who knew this secret. Are those who entered the place of revelation. They knew Jesus beyond the flesh. They knew Jesus beyond what others were saying. They knew Jesus beyond the letters. They knew him. By a supernatural encounter. And it was what changed their destiny. It was what made them 
flaming firebrands for the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, Paul said something that touches my heart anytime I read that scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. He says that when he wrote to the church of Corinth, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no more. That was their turning point. That which was previously hidden was made manifest to them. They discovered the divine reality. They discovered the divine truth. They saw with the eyes of their understanding the resurrected Christ. And that was it. That was the success of their ministry. That was the victory of their Christian walk. Now you know that when you, you compare the, the Christianity in the Bible, beginning from the book of Acts, to the Christianity of uh, times, you may be tempted to ask God why. Why is it that the fire has, has gone so down? You may be tempted to ask God that question. Because today many are in the church who are only operating in sense knowledge. What they know about Jesus is not beyond what someone has told them. It's not beyond what someone read to them. But what the disciples of old received was revelation. They knew him. They saw him. They encountered him. And that is the ordination into the ministry. Now I said to a group of people some months ago that ordination into the ministry is not a Bible school. Yes, it is good. I myself, I would recommend to Christians. That is to find a solid place where the sound doctrines are being Taught because the Bible says that we should add to faith knowledge. And so it is good for you to be taught by those who are ahead of you. But ordination in the ministry is not the Bible school. It is not in serving a church for years. Because most people have this funny idea that, well, we have served the church for so many years. We need to be appointed into the ministry. Ordination into the ministry is not in the serving of your church or denomination. Even though that is good. And I am not against that. But what I want you to understand that ordination into the ministry is knowing Christ Jesus. As being alive to you. To know him. The power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his sufferings to be conformed to his death. Not by flesh and blood, but by the Father who is in heaven. That was what, G, um, what Peter sorry, received. And the Lord Jesus said to him, This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. This is what you need. This is what 
will transform the church. This is what would make us flaming firebrands in the kingdom of God. This is what would turn around our ministry. It is the agent of revival. It is the agent of the power of the gospel. And this is what God is saying to you tonight that you need. Probably there are some of you, for yes, you have been in the church, but there is no tangible experience of the supernatural in your life. It is time that you ought to seek and desire to know Christ. It is time that you ought to go down your knees and pray with fastings that the Father will reveal to you his Son. If you can be useful in the hand of the Master, Jesus Christ, it depends on your revelation. But you ought to understand that while you pursue to know him, it is always advisable that you remove out of your way every weight and sin. Because these are the things that ensnare most Christians. So that they are not able to reach, get to the apex of the supernatural. They are not able to live that fulfilling life. The God-given purpose and task. Because uh, they are hanging on to certain weights and certain sins. And these things are ensnaring them. It is holding them down. So that they cannot run the race that is ahead of them. They cannot run in line with the vision of Jesus Christ. They cannot uh, literally leave the vision of the Lord Jesus. If you would know Jesus. If you come to that supernatural encounter. Beloved, it begins by laying aside every weight and every sin which is contradictory to the will of God concerning your life. It comes by consecration, commitment. It comes by a hunger and test, craving to touch the heart of the Father. To know the Lord Jesus. And that is the qualification into the ministry. The ordination into the ministry. It is established on the revelation. The revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now when we go to the second area of our calling. The Bible says in Mark chapter 3 verse 14. That after that the Lord Jesus has appointed the twelve. And I say that the 12 represents all disciples of Christ Jesus. They were actually chosen to serve as mentors of all future disciples, all future Christians. And so what the Lord Jesus said concerning them, he says the same to us. The Lord Jesus appointed the 12 that they might be with him for the purpose of knowing who he is. And the Bible continues to say that after that, 
it appointed them that they might that he might send them out to preach it brings us to our second area of our calling as christians we are appointed to preach him we are appointed to preach him now i said that the effectiveness of the minister the effectiveness of every christian Rest on the revelation of the risen Christ, the Lord of glory. We have no message if we do not know Christ in his person. We have no message if we have not the revelation from the Father who Christ Jesus is. And I say that it is the reason why some pulpits are full of junk full of entertainment because they have no message of course they have no message because they were never sent by him whose eyes are as a flame of fire because if they had known the lord jesus if they had had a revelation of who he is they would be more afraid of what they feed the church members with. Some cook up stories about themselves and what they own as properties. Others falsely um, see visions of, of angels and, and they prophesy falsely about, about things that do not even make sense. With the sole purpose of captivating the members and to exploit money from them. You see, and it is the reason why today even the prophetic ministry, I mean true prophetic ministry, is looked down upon. Because of what these false brethren, these false prophets, false teachers are doing in the house of God. Having no revelation of Christ. They have never been sent. And because of that, they desecrate the holiness, the sacredness of the ministry. The sacredness of the pulpit. But to you who is listening to my voice, Jesus has called you to a sacred ministry that you would preach him. If you say that you have known Jesus, if you say that you have that supernatural encounter with the Lord Jesus, Understand that you are appointed to preach Christ Jesus. You are appointed to preach him to the world around you. Now I want you to see something in Galatians chapter 1 verse 15 to 16. In that particular scripture, a revelation is given us and we know the success story of Apostle Paul. Most of us read the letters, the epistles of Paul, and we are so much moved by the power of his letters. You are so much moved by the power of his ministry. It is in Galatians chapter 1, 15, 16 that this is revealed. The success of his preaching is this. And when you go to Galatians chapter 1 verse 15 to 16 and I read 
Um, I, I want to begin from verse 12. Now it says in verse 12. Um, I, let me start from verse 11, 12, then I'll move on to 15. Um, it says that, but I make known, this is Apostle Paul writing, but I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. Now notice, it's not according to man. Verse 12, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. That was it. The success of his ministry, he said that he was not ordained by man. He was not even taught by man. It came by the revelation of Jesus. From who? He continued to say in Galatians chapter 1 verse 15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me. God the father revealed his son in him. And he continued to say that I might preach him among the Gentiles. That I might preach him among the Gentiles. And so first of all, revelation of the person of Jesus. Then the secondly was for the purpose of preaching Christ. I say that the revelation of Christ, it is not in eating. It is not in drinking. It is not in sleeping but for to preach him to the word around you. I met a man last two weeks and as we were talking about God, he said that he has been in the church for 15 years and he was very proud of it. And I was so glad to hear that um, a man of such, you know, caliber have stayed in the church for good 15 years. I was so moved by um, the words of the man. 15 good years in the church. And so I asked him, then I asked him this question. Then I'm sure that you must be an elder or probably a preacher in your church for you to be in the church for good 15 years. But surprisingly, the man said, no, I don't do anything. I was somehow speechless. He has been in the church for 15 years. He just walks into the church and out of the church doing nothing for good 15 years. 15 years of no labor. How sad it is. He reads the Bible. He hears the preaching. But does not know that he is appointed to preach Jesus Christ. I believe that there are some of you who may be listening to me. How many years have you been in Christ? Can others find fruit on the tree? You who say that you know Christ. Can others find fruit on the three? But I think that it would be better if we say that we don't know him than to say that we know him and yet not preach him. 
to the dying world around us. To the dying souls around us. I think that the time has come for some of us to go down our knees before God. Rending our hearts and not our garments. And praying to God that he will reveal Jesus to us. And praying to God that he will show us the fields which are ripe for harvest. That he will show us where to go. Where Christ is not known. And where our ministry shall transform lives. Tonight is a night, an evangelistic night. Because this is the appointment of the Lord Jesus. If we know him, we cannot we cannot decide not to preach him. And I say again, if we say that we have known Christ, we cannot decide not to preach him. We can preach about anything. But the main vision of the Lord is that we preach Christ Jesus. We can talk about anything with our friends. But the main commission is to preach Jesus. We can talk about all the stories. But none of these carries power. Than to preach in the name of Jesus Christ. Is to, to preach the living Christ. To the dying souls. You know I was reading Acts chapter 26 verse 22 just a few days ago and uh, one thing uh, struck my heart Paul was standing before King Agrippa and then uh, this was the same Paul who hunted the Christians previously and the same Paul who previously hunted down the Christians, the disciples of Christ, was now hunted by the Jews for the same gospel which in time past he had tried to destroy. And when this apostle was brought before King Agrippa for trials, Paul without fear testified of Christ. You know, the very reason why the Jews wanted to kill him was the preaching of Christ Jesus. And Paul was apprehended to stand before Agrippa to give his defense. But there is something remarkable here. After Paul submitted his defense, can Agrippa said to him, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Why was that? Because even in the presence of the king, without fear, Paul preached Jesus as risen from the dead. And that is the central message of the gospel, which we are to preach. That Jesus is not just a historian. Jesus is not buried. That Jesus is alive. 
the Son of God, who has triumphed over death, who has triumphed over the power of death. And this is the power of the gospel that moved and pricked the heart of King Agrippa to say that, Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. And not only that, we have a revelation in Acts chapter 2 after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Peter, standing in the midst of the crowd, he preached Jesus as being risen from the dead, the Lord and Christ. And after preaching Jesus Christ to the crowd, the Bible says that they were pricked in the hearts and some of them started asking, what must we do? Nobody forced them to be Christians. Nobody asked them to say the sinner's prayer. Nobody forced them to come to the altar to make confession. Being stricken in the heart by the power of the gospel concerning the resurrected Jesus Christ, the people asked, what must we do? In other words, what must we do to be saved? The Bible says that at the end of it, 3,000 souls were added to the church by the preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. I say that this is what we need. That God will baptize us with this spirit, with this fire. The world would have no other message than to proclaim Jesus as being alive to us. We move on to the last place of our calling, appointed for signs and wonders. It says in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18, that we are for signs and wonders. Let's look again in Mark chapter 3, verse 14, 15. It says that then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. And to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Now when we go to Mark chapter 16 verse 17 to 18. I read from the word of the Lord. And it says in Mark chapter 16 verse 17 to 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with tongues. They will take up serpents. And they will drink, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. The most frequently asked question is, is this for every Christian? And the answer is this. If you are speaking of the Christian who lives the vision of Christ, if you are speaking of the Christian who have had a supernatural encounter with the resurrected Jesus. If you are speaking of the Christian who have received a revelation knowledge of Christ by the Father. Who have buried the old life of sin. And is living for Jesus Christ. Who is preaching him in love and in truth. Then this is for all such then this promise is for all such. Remember that this is a promise. And the manifestation of the promises of God is by a living faith. 
If we expect God to perform, he will hasten to perform his word. And I always say that before we question, attempt to do what God has promised in his word. Before you question any of these, that is if you are walking and living the vision of Christ, attempt to do what God has promised. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be a man of the word. And not just that. Act upon the word by a living faith. It is not a shouting. It is not a gimmicks. It is being full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 6 verse 58, it speaks of Stephen. Stephen was not among the twelve. He was simply a man of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you tonight that let not anyone say that this promise is only to the twelve disciples. Because Stephen was not even among the twelve. And yet the Bible says that this man, he operated in signs and wonders. He was simply a man of faith and a man full of the Holy Ghost. And a man who worked mighty signs and wonders. So that when this Stephen stood to preach, the Bible said that the people could not even resist the wisdom. He proclaimed the gospel in such a way that his detractors, his, the enemies of the gospel, could not find an occasion even to blaspheme, an occasion even to slander, because he was full of the wisdom of God. That is all we need. Be full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost. And to walk in this revelation, that we are appointed for signs and wonders. To expect God to do the impossibility. To expect God to do mighty signs and wonders. When we go out to proclaim the resurrected Jesus Christ to the dying world. And this, these are the three areas of our calling. And if you are listening to my voice, this is the appointment for greater works. Let not any Christian say that you are, it is not by mistake. God is never mistaken. Choosing you from your family. Separating you for himself. The whole purpose of your call is for you to know his son. The person of Jesus has been alive today to preach him and for you to be an instrument of signs and wonders for the salvation of the heathens, the pagans, the Gentile world. But this is our ministry. We have been called for this. You need not wait on a man to ordain you. Stephen never waited for the man to ordain him. It is good when we are ordained by our fathers. But the ordination is from above. Only believe. Only believe. 
only believe and the impossible shall become possible. Now I leave you tonight with Mark chapter 3 verse 14 and then 15. Ponder about it. Now put your name there where you see the 12. When you are reading where you see the 12, I want you to put your name there. And where you see them, I want you to put their eye. Do you understand what I'm saying? Put your name there where you see the 12 and where you see them. Then whenever, wherever you see they, put their eye. Personalize it. So that when you read, it becomes like this. That Jesus appointed you. That you might be with him. And that he might send you out to preach. And to have power to heal sicknesses. And to cast out devils. Personalize it. For this is the call of God upon your life. And if you believe this, may God confirm these words in your life. And in your ministry. For Christ Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen.